Well, it's no secret, but unfortunately, increasingly evident that more people today are feeling lonely and isolated than ever before, which is why it's time we begin to start having a serious conversation about it. To that point, a survey by Transamerica Institute suggests that individuals who report they feel isolated and lonely may be neglecting their health. It's just 29% are avoiding harmful substances, and only 30% are getting routine physicals and recommended health screenings, and just 24% are seeking mental health support when needed. Welcome to ClearPath, your roadmap to health and wealth. I'm your host, Al Waller. And joining me is Mihaela Vince, public health expert for nonprofit Transamerica Institute. And today we'll be discussing loneliness, something that's become a mainstream problem in our society. Yeah, that's right, Al. Uh, the United States Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy, even released a new advisory calling attention to the public health crisis of loneliness. Disconnection really affects our mental and physical health, as well as the health of our communities. Well, I don't think it's a stretch to say everyone has probably experienced loneliness, and with that, uh, knows it can have a significant impact on most, if not all, facets of our life. So could you shed some light on what the Surgeon General's advisory entails? Sure thing. Uh, the advisory lays out a framework for a national strategy to increase social connection. You know, what people often miss is that loneliness doesn't just mean being physically alone. It's really a feeling of disconnection and a lack of belonging that really can affect us even when we're surrounded by lots of other people. Good point, and one that we probably neglect to consider because even if someone or a group of people are in the same room with us, doesn't necessarily mean that we're actually connected. So it's important to be mindful of this. Exactly, and that's what makes loneliness sneaky in a way. According to the U.S. Census Bureau surveys, Americans have actually been spending less time with friends and more time alone since before the pandemic, which has really exasperated the sense of social isolation. Many of us also think those around us are probably not lonely when it's actually a really common problem and one that really requires us to be mindful of that and support each other. Yeah, I get this misconception could be hard to detect, especially in a world where so many of us are connected on social media and we often you know, spend time with others where we don't even look up from our phones. Bottom line, that's probably not too healthy. Now, would you mind addressing some of the key symptoms of loneliness? That's a great question, actually. As I did my research, I was shocked to find out that I've suffered from some of these symptoms in the past while I was juggling graduate school, internships, and a couple part-time jobs all at the same time, a period that I wasn't really seeing too many friends. Um, so the symptoms of loneliness include things like difficulty concentrating or making decisions, um, a lack of motivation or energy, as well as difficulty sleeping or perhaps sleeping too much. And that's kind of similar with eating patterns. You're either eating too much or too little. It also includes feeling disconnected and having low self-esteem as well as self-worth. Now, these symptoms are very similar to depression, but unlike depression, loneliness is actually not a diagnosable condition. That's interesting because I would have assumed that loneliness symptoms were a byproduct of feeling disconnected, so I didn't actually realize it included that many symptoms. I know. I was also surprised. Now, could you walk us through some of the key components of the Surgeon General's advisory framework? Yeah, the framework consists of six foundational pillars, and these include things like strengthening our social infrastructure, meaning having more spaces that are intended for community engagement, like parks and recreational centers. Next, there's also enacting pro-connection public policies. These pillars include establishing policies like paid family leave so that we can take time off to connect with our loved ones. 
Well, my son just had a baby, our first grandchild, by the way, and a boy also. Yeah, my first grandson. Anyway, even though they all live several states away, you can better believe we'll be traveling to meet this little guy because there's really nothing like the feeling of family connectivity. Now, what have you got for us now, Mahela? Yeah, family connectivity is very important, especially since loneliness is linked to lots of health conditions. And that actually brings me to the third pillar, which has to do with mobilizing the health sector to be adequately positioned to assess patients for loneliness as well as intervene. The fourth pillar includes reforming digital environments. Connection is healing, and it's important that we assess our use of technology so it doesn't take away from our ability to connect with others. Well, you're preaching to the converted and your point uh, resonates, which is why I'd like to delve into this further. But first, let's hear about the other two pillars uh, found in the advisory. Yeah, the last two pillars involve deepening our knowledge about social disconnection. So like learning about isolation and the effect it can have on our health. And then the final pillar is cultivating a culture of connection. This means changing norms so that we can prioritize social connection more as a culture. Well, in a perfect world, I think it would be beneficial to have a culture where connecting and socializing isn't simply viewed as a, an extraneous activity. Now, what about the digital environment? How could social media lead to disconnection? Studies have shown that social media, despite being a tool intended for connection, can actually increase feelings of loneliness. This is because it often leads to a false sense of connection that doesn't provide the same benefits as real-life interactions. Social media can also lead to social comparison and inadequacy, as well as feelings of social isolation due to the constant FOMO or fear of missing out. I'm with you there, Mahela, because while social media does have its benefits, it's equally important to recognize that social media can actually leave you feeling more lonely and detached. And let's face it, loneliness can have some dire consequences on our health, right? So in mm -hmm. that vein, would you mind speaking uh, to some of these consequences? You're right in that they are dire. Loneliness has been linked to depression, anxiety, and even suicide in some cases. But it can also affect our physical health, leading to increased risk of heart disease, stroke, and other illnesses. Loneliness is also detrimental to our ability to age healthy. I see. Now, how could loneliness impact one's healthy aging? Loneliness can have a significant impact on our health as we age. Studies have shown that people who are socially isolated or lonely are at an increased risk for a range of health problems, including cognitive decline. Actually, the CDC reports that social isolation was associated with about a 50% increase of dementia. Well, I think it goes without saying the fallout produced by cognitive decline and dementia are disturbing prospects that nothing any of us would want to endure. Now, how does loneliness affect our brain health? We know our brains need to be stimulated to be healthy, and those who are connected to others are probably having more conversations and are learning new things by default. When people are socially isolated, they may not engage in these types of activities, which could be really devastating for their brain health, especially as they age. Staying connected can even extend our lifespan, so it's super important. Well, there's a ringing endorsement for interpersonal engagement if I ever heard one. Now, can you walk us through some strategies in combating loneliness? One of the most important things that we can do is to reach out to others and build connections. This could mean joining a social group, volunteering, or simply reaching out to friends and family more often. 
There are also platforms like Meetup where you can find people with shared interests. You can join groups or find hobbies through this platform. For instance, just to give an example, one of my friends joined a book club and she made lifelong friends who have similar taste in books and she still hangs out with them to this day. Well, my sister actually uh, you know, joined a book club many years ago where they actually do read, but also expanded their meeting venue to the great outdoors where they also share and enjoy their love of camping. So have you got any other suggestions up your sleeve? Yeah, you can even try taking a class to meet others. I know a lot of my social connections have come from school. Sounds like a double bonus to me because in essence, what, you're expanding your social network while expanding your mind. And by the way, a lot of communities have senior centers that now offer access uh, to classes and other social activities for older adults. So in many ways, these centers can be an invaluable lifeline. Oh, yes. Senior centers. Those people should definitely check out. I personally also love to just get out and explore, you know, taking a walk out in nature or visiting a new place. Really trying new things can really help be that facilitator for helping you meet new people. Yeah. And actually on a, I guess, a global basis, you know, my wife and I've done a lot of traveling and, you know, it's been a fantastic avenue for meeting all kinds of people. As a matter of fact, we've actually been to you know, different parts of the world and, you know, been able to make and retain uh, these friends throughout our travels. So it's, that's really pretty cool. Okay. Any other means uh, that, you know, you can advise people to, you know, combat loneliness? Um, yeah, self-care. Loneliness can affect our state of mind, making it especially challenging to meaningfully connect with others. On our recent episode, Prioritizing Self-Care During Stressful Times, we talked about ways to take care of ourselves physically and mentally by getting enough sleep, practicing mindfulness and meditation, as well as exercising. Yeah, that was a favorite, and I might add, important episode that did a nice job uh, detailing the importance of practicing those strategies, even when... Uh, you know, life feels overwhelming, especially when self-care isn't necessarily viewed as your top priority. Yeah. And when we care for ourselves, we'll actually start to generally feel better and that'll make us more inclined to want to connect with others. Indeed. And when we feel good, we're apt to be good to ourselves. Now, I've got to ask, what if you're struggling with loneliness and it's impacting your mental health? Then don't hesitate to seek professional help. A therapist or counselor can really help provide the support and guidance that you might need to take care of your mental health. Mental health professionals can also help you work through your feelings of loneliness as well as develop healthy coping strategies. You know, you're so right because it's also important to remember that you're not alone. Loneliness is inherently human and something many people go through and to that end, you know, really nothing to be ashamed of. That's right, Al. And if you're feeling lonely, really reach out to others, take care of yourself, and seek help if you need it. Remember, combating loneliness takes mindful intention and maybe a little bit of time, but it's so worth it for your mental and physical health. Don't be afraid to reach out for help when and if you need it. Well said. Now, where can folks go to learn more? Well, there's actually, I have a few resources up my sleeve. The CDC has an interactive How Right Now communications campaign that's intended to promote emotional well-being and resiliency. This campaign has many resources on loneliness. Next, AARP has community connection tools, which can provide opportunities for older adults to engage in their communities. And lastly, Befrienders Worldwide. Uh, Befrienders Worldwide is a network of emotional support helplines. They offer confidential support to people who are feeling depressed, lonely, or even suicidal. Well, thanks, Mahela. And that's all the time we have for today. Uh, if you'd like to check out any of the source materials mentioned, visit transamericainstitute.org 
forward slash podcast to review the episode's transcript. If you have comments, feedback, or topic ideas, please reach out to info at transamericacenter.org. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button so that you won't miss an episode of Clear Path, your roadmap to health and wealth. Until the next time, I'm your host, Al Waller. Stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening. Clear Path, your roadmap to health and wealth is brought to you by Transamerica Institute, a nonprofit private foundation dedicated to identifying, researching, and educating the public about health and wellness, employment, financial literacy, longevity, and retirement. You can find our weekly podcast on WYPR's website and mobile app, wherever you get your podcast, and at transamericainstitute.org forward slash podcast. Clear Path, Your Roadmap to Health and Wealth is produced by the Transamerica Institute with assistance from WYPR. The information provided here is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as insurance, securities, ERISA, tax, investment, legal, medical, or financial advice or guidance.